This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20. LivingRelief.com. Living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves, eight to they fools, run through the night, playing with your life, going against the pack, that's risking your life, better play it right. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast, <clears throat> members edition, and it's fall, football's almost here, so it's the perfect time to bring on Matt Coe, talk basketball recruiting. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. We're only 85 days away, and I cannot wait for basketball season to start. <laughs> 85 days away from basketball, 17 away from football, and I'm excited about that. But I wanted to talk about NC State basketball. There's been some things going on, some recruiting information. But, but Matt, first you did an interview with Michael Zanoni, a recruit <laughs> out of Charlotte, on your recent podcast. How, how'd that go? It was fun, man. I've kept up with Michael – I've gone to a few of his games. Obviously, he plays at Greensboro Day, and, and I cover Greensboro Day. So um, just getting to talk one-on-one with him, his journey and schools recruiting him and, you know, where where he sees fit. And he's just a good dude. And that's typical of every Greensboro Day athlete. Everybody over there holds himself to a really high standard. And, you know, he didn't disappoint. So it was, it was a good interview. Cool. I can't wait to check that one out. I just saw it in my feed a little while ago. And I'm looking forward to listening. Hey, so what's been go what's been going on with Wolfpack basketball? I know there's been um, I don't know, it's been some ups and downs and we've had this conversation. So this this is our members pod. So let us give us the real deal. Like what is going on? That's a great question. I was going to ask you what's going on because uh, not a whole lot has. <laughs> uh, di- disappointment has been going on as far as recruiting trail has been. So uh, the big news is that MJ Rice, five-star, top 30 mm-hmm. player, you can argue top 10 player, um, he is the real deal. He did not choose NC State, instead goes to Kansas. Uh, there were some talks here and there uh, leading up to his decision that Kansas was in the mix. But for the most part, there was seven or eight different 100% crystal balls for NC State. Uh, this was a consensus pick for a lot of, of people with crystal ball decisions and, and predictions that MJ Rice would ultimately end up at NC State and decides to choose Kansas. Bit of a bummer just because of how good he is and getting to see him in person. I mean, he is a man playing amongst boys. He is all that. Now, it could be worse. We could lose out to a team like Wake Forest, which we can get into in a little bit uh, involving Deontay Green. But losing out to a five-star prospect to, to Kansas is nothing to hang your head at. It's just it sucks that we had been leading this charge the entire way. Now, if that's because he wanted to possibly go pro, which he still very well can, um, and maybe that's why we backed off, uh, 
I, I don't care. I, I still think you should go after the, the best players in the market. And uh, this is another drop ball from Keats and his staff. So, <clears throat> yeah, MJ Rice is a good place to start. Like, by all accounts, State was leading for the longest time. He's got a huge relationship with uh, Keats and the staff. And you know, he's visited a lot of times. He's, you know, he's been very public around NC State. And that's why I think all his crystal balls – and then in, a couple months ago, right, it came out that he was going to go to like transferred high schools to California. And I think a lot of people assumed that meant he was going to use that to go pro uh, in some regards. I'm not exactly sure how that all works out. But I, I have heard, and I'm not sure if you've heard the same thing, that from people close to MJ Rice that he is – uh, getting paid either way so the point is he was going to go to you know one of these pro leagues overtime elite or whatever it was i'm not sure which what the what the exact plan was just in order to get paid and now when nil came through you know about a month ago and you know schools are stepping up and using that as a recruiting tool to keep people away from you know, this overtime elite and, you know, just they're using it in that, in that manner that honestly a lot of people thought was going to happen. And a lot of these schools were doing it under the table before. Now they're doing it above, above board under the guise of NIL. Have you heard similar stories about how Kansas got into this race so late with MJ Rice? Everyone I've talked to says that, you know, money was involved. And let's be honest, it's Kansas, it's Bill Self, they have nothing to hide. They don't care. They gave the middle finger to Adidas and the NCAA. They have nothing um, to be ashamed of because they own it. And I guess good for them. But, yeah, MJ Rice is going to go somewhere he wanted to get paid and was going to get paid. That's why the pro route was was so uh, popular when, uh, when talking about Rice. But, yeah, I mean, when you're that good, you kind of expect to get paid for what you're doing. And especially in today's world, a lot of kids feel like they should be paid no matter how good they are or where they rank. But sure enough, like MJ Rice, he will play in the NBA one day. And um, I think just he probably thought that Kansas helps him get to that path a little bit easier. And uh, why not pick up a check or two on your way? So is this an example of something we've talked about in the pod you know, we talked about it a little bit in the roundtable last week. I know Will and I have talked about it extensively. The chat has been talking about it. But NC State's NIL, I don't know, I want to say organization, but like the organization around the whole NIL for, for NC State, like is this an example of how maybe we are not up to speed like everybody else? Uh, yes and no. I, I hate to ride the fence like that, but you know we're we're doing good things. We're we're getting uh, Bojangles involved. You've seen uh, Cam Hayes and uh, a couple different NC State athletes get involved with being a Bojangles player, which is cool because I feel like Raleigh and and Bojangles that kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, they just they just got to be smarter. They got to capitalize and and target other routes of media or. NIL deals, uh, just because a lot of this stuff with the players comes with the name, comes with the territory. If you commit to Duke, you already have a route to, you know, a possible deal with, with in, involving NIL. 
Um, it's just it's just going to be that much harder for NC State. But sure enough, when they do, they can capitalize that. Like Cam Hayes is a great option just because he's young. He still has a lot to prove, and I think you'll see a lot more uh, deals or, or whatnot come his way. Um, but it's just this was kind of foreseeable. You know, the, the Blue Bloods are, are going to get the big players with the big deals, and, you know, other guys are just going to have to try their best. And I hate that answer, but it's just the truth. Yeah, I, I just feel like we're not, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know, maybe we are, but from the outsider's perspective, it doesn't seem like, it seems like we lost this one based on the assumption, hey, he's going to go pro, or now he wants to go to Kansas and get a, a bigger NIL deal or, or whatever, right? It just feels like that. Um, maybe we don't have all of our ducks in a row in that regards. And, and that's just speculation on my part, but it just seems weird that that was his path from all signs saying NC state to all signs saying pro. Now he's at Kansas getting say the best of both worlds, but he's getting paid and he's at, you know, he's at Kansas playing basketball. So I don't know. It, it to me, it was a weird, a weird way that recruiting kind of worked out. Yeah. I mean, nothing to hang your head at. Like I said, it, it's Kansas. We're going to yeah. lose a handful of players um, for all of time to, to Blue Blood. So, I mean, it just it sucks because we were in the lead for so long. But Yeah. And I wonder how hard they continue to pursue him when they figured, and they thought he was going pro. So, I wonder if, you know, if that played into it. But the other guy that State has been on for a long time and – one that you know you and I have talked about before that I think if they miss on is going to be uh, I'm not sure the right way to say it. Embarrassing? Yeah, probably, I guess that's probably the right <laughs> way to say it. Out. Embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> because you don't often get a guy who says NC State's their dream school. And I don't know if he's giving lip service. I think he was genuine enough when he said that, and this was recently. But Deontay Green and – you know, he's, he's a big man, position of need, you know, he's versatile. And by all means, you know, I, I guess Carolina has stopped recruiting him using air quotes. It went a different direction is what uh, the recruiting folks said. But it's come down to essentially us and Wake Forest. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, everyone I've talked to uh, is saying it's NC State or Wake Forest. It, it's one of the two. Uh, you're absolutely right. He said himself that NC State was his dream school. He grew up an NC State fan. This guy has already been told by Keats himself that as soon as he steps on campus, he's going to start from day one. And I fully believe that. I think that he has that potential. He's not going to blow you away or anything, but he's a great glue guy and a guy that if we're going to continue this system with Keats, he has to be a part of because he is so detrimental to what Keats wants to do. Uh, but lately, yeah, talks have, have been fluttering in and out. It's kind of 50-50 between us and Wake, and I couldn't imagine the embarrassment if, uh, if we lose this to Wake. I feel like this – and I know people are going to have different opinions on this, but I feel like this in both football and basketball recruiting is that, and Carolina probably feels like this about us, but we shouldn't lose a recruit that we really want to wake in, in basketball or football in mo like nine times out of 10. That's how I feel. I don't know if that's justified or not, but 
you know, I feel like if they lose this one, especially where a kid says it's his dream school and he grew up a state fan or whatever, that to me would be disheartening. Yeah, I mean, right? if you if you were to take a step back and look at the big picture, so if you put yourself in Deontay Green's shoes, he is essentially saying that a complete rebuild, brand new coach, he'll get there in year three, so a third-year head coach, um, a bottom tier, probably bottom three or four Wake Forest team, he sees more success and more opportunities than the middling 9-10 NC State team. Um, I, and I hate to be so brutal, but it, it's like if, if he can see that, then, then fans have to recognize that too. This is just right. this is just a guy that you should not lose. All right, like I said, he he is a top 100 player. He's probably a top 75, top 60 player. Last time I checked the rankings, <clears throat> but um, you know, this isn't a MJ Rice. You know what I'm saying? This isn't a guy that we should be losing to. Period. If if this is a you know top 100 kid who says we are his dream school, it should be a cakewalk. And God, I just what could have. What what could Wake have said that makes him think otherwise? Or what did we not say for him to think, oh, well, Wake might be my better option? It's just, it blows my mind. Yeah, I, I don't understand that, right? It's just one of those ones that I don't think I'll ever understand exactly how that would happen. It well, just, I've, I've, got, I've got a theory. Um, okay, give it to and, us. Well, okay, so... I, I looked back at it when MJ Rice committed because I was really bummed out by that. I mean, I really wanted this guy. Um, so let's look at NC State's quote-unquote uh, big board. Now, I, I don't know if this is their big board, but I'm just going off my assumption off of how hard we've recruited these three kids uh, and how important they are to us. So MJ Rice was probably number one on our board. He was the best prospect mm-hmm. in the class. Number two, just for longevity reasons, Deontay Green. He'd be number two on our big board. And then number three, Jaden Epps, a guy that originally committed to Providence, decommitted, and then committed to Illinois. So we missed out on him twice. So we missed out on our top three guys on our big board four different times if, if Green were to not commit here. So I just right. I couldn't imagine that gut punch. You, you can't land one of your top three guys. I feel like that should be a not, – not even a goal. That should be a given. You should absolutely land one of your top three guys. Um, and, and I know college basketball is different now. You can kind of go anywhere and everywhere and still succeed and still uh, get your name out there and whatnot. Uh, but you should, you should be able to land uh, one of your top three guys playing in the ACC. Uh, I couldn't imagine if we, if we did not land a single one of these guys. And Deontay Green is the last of the three. And these talks lately haven't been great. Uh, regarding NC State and Wake, but there still is a 50-50 chance, so it could really go either way. I find it odd, it might be the right word, that we don't have anybody in the 2022 class yet. Is that concerning for you? Well, you know, I think it all goes back to Shaquille Moore and Nick Farrar. You know, both, well, not necessarily both, because one decided to transfer out um, in Shaquille Moore. Nick Farrar more so was pushed out. And Nick Farrar, let's be honest, wasn't the greatest athlete. He didn't really play at all, but maybe one game. And, you know, he, he just wasn't ready, you know. Um, so so I, I, can, I can see the justification in that. Uh, but it's never a good look when you invest so much in a player and then you 
kind of throw him to the wolves. Um, no pun intended, but, but Shaquille Moore, you know, that whole situation I think has really left a scar on the recruiting trail in North Carolina. All three of those guys that I just mentioned are North Carolina kids. And I think that the, the writing is on the wall. It's right in front of your face. You're just choosing to ignore it. If you see that all these North Carolina kids, after we just killed it in North Carolina in terms of, you know, big North Carolina names, the, the very next year, after screwing over two North Carolina kids, now we can't land a single guy. I think that kids talk, and we made it such a um, such a important uh, – what's the word I'm looking here? Um, we, we just made it a factor to, to recruit North Carolina kids right. first. And, right. and if we were to screw those North Carolina kids, well, North Carolina kids talk to other North Carolina kids who talk to other North Carolina kids. So – I feel like we kind of shot ourselves in the own foot, you know, screwing over mm-hmm. Shaquille Moore the way we did and uh, sabotaging is what I was told uh, with his recruitment trail. Um, Nick Farrar was forced out. And maybe that happens a little bit more often than not. I know Nick Farrar was probably the last guy off the bench, but still it's not a good look. Um, it just I feel like it, it's kind of ruined us for this upcoming season, which is why we haven't had a commit. You know, this is not something that's new. We had talked about it, and I think maybe even you and I had talked about it on a previous basketball pod, that when the Shaq Moore stuff was going down, um, what's his name's dad? And I can't for me think. Yes, Hall. Mm-hmm. Quincy Hall was out there bad-mouthing Keats publicly. Yeah. And we had heard from – Folks in the basketball industry, in the high school basketball AU space, that Keats was getting a bad rep for how that situation was handled. Yeah. And, you know, people didn't put much stock in it, but it, it seems to be coming to fruition right now. Now, you know, I don't I don't want to throw up any um, white flags and you know and give in because it's recruiting and who the hell knows especially coming off the pandemic you know maybe they changed their minds on some guys i get that part of it but it's recruiting is all about relationships right from and then especially if you're recruiting local which i think you know typically gives you that protection of a lot of guys transfer to be closer to home or playing time and you're recruiting locally you're sort of creating that protection that guys are you're less likely to have guys hit the portal to go elsewhere you know to be closer to home or to get more playing time but when you recruit locally and then you treat them bad and then you try to recruit other local kids like you said these kids talk they're all friends they all play on the same AU teams their dads are all you know friends you're making things harder for yourself right on top of not winning on, on top of not winning, right? Winning cures all, but, you know, in this context where, you know, I, I really think that Shaq Moore situation is bubbling its ugly head right now Yeah, on the recruiting trail. You can be an asshole and win. Nobody cares. You're a winner. But when you're an asshole right. and you lose, you're an asshole who's also a loser. I mean, Bill Belichick's been an asshole his entire life, and he was winning and nobody cared. That was just part right. of his shtick, you know, and, and now he's – He's just an asshole. So, so after this year, State's going to lose a few guys. Uh, I'm trying to pull the basketball roster right now. 
but they're going to lose, uh, you know, I don't know, assume how the COVID um, situation is going to affect the basketball roster. But we're assuming like guys like Helms is gone. Who else are we out? Who else is losing here? Manny Bates will be gone. Yep. You got to yeah, so imagine gonna... another transfer out possibly. Yeah. You know. So where does that leave State on the recruiting floor? What are they looking for? And who, who's on the short list? I've got a couple of names. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like this first name, but just bear with me. Um, LJ Thomas, he's 6'2", 190 pounds. He's a combo guard. And I know what everybody's saying when they hear that. Just please, not another guard. I understand. Uh, but this guy's the real deal. He is the best scorer in North Carolina. One of the best scorers in the class. And he was actually just voted the number one player in North Carolina, um, according to several rankings. He is out hmm. of Carborough, North Carolina. He's a really, really good player. Real, real crafty, real shifty. I think we've got a good shot with him. Another guy that I really like that I think we actually might land here relatively soon is Alfonso Billups. He's a 6'7 shooting guard, top 100 player. He'll help spread the floor and add some size. Him and um, Sebron could be a real nice duo if uh, if Helm, I mean not Helm, excuse me, uh, Sebron. If uh, Billups and Sebron could put on some size because they're both really long and skinny, uh, mm-hmm. that, could, that could be a nice little one, too. Um, another another name to watch out for is Sean Phillips. He's a 6'10 center. That's going to be, in my opinion, the number one uh, need come next season. I, I like Ebenezer Dewana. I don't think Jalen Gibson's ready. And I just think that we're going to be lacking size down low. Um, right. You know, so scores, big guys. I mean, that's been the talk of the town for the last couple of years, and it's going to be especially next year. Uh, we've... Uh, we tra- We have offered a couple of wings, which I like. We've offered a couple of shooting guards, which I like. One guy I really, really love, um, don't get your hopes up, State fans, is uh, Jet Howard, 6'7", small forward. He is the son of the current head coach of Michigan Wolverines, the legend Juwan Howard. There are seven 100% crystal balls going to Michigan, which they rightfully should be. <laughs> um, but... A little thing to note is that NC State offered Jet back in July, uh, July 31st to be exact, and he already set up a visit, which is set for it's an official visit to NC State September 4th, and he's got another one in Michigan September 11th. Now we made Jet Howard's top seven, so we have to be at least in that top five because I believe he he put together five official visits, and the fact that we're first and we're you know obviously before Michigan. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel confident that we're at least somewhat in the talk. Right. Um, but he, he's a really nice player. Can get to the rim. Can shoot it really well. I think would be a really nice addition. Could be a, a five star when it's all said and done. Uh, but don't get your hopes too high on that one. I, I definitely expect him to go to Michigan. I mean, Michigan by all means makes sense. Wasn't there some Michigan fan rumors that NC State was leading that recruitment? I haven't heard anything, but I, I like I said, it's yeah. it's encouraging the fact that you know we get the first official visit. We offered him very recently, and he's already set up an official visit. I mean, it's got you at least a little, you know, hopeful. I don't want to say confident, but definitely hopeful. Yeah, well, I put that out on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and some sunshiner tweeted at me and said, well, "Why is he visiting if we have no chance? Because he's going to go to Michigan." Was, I said something like, "It's Jawan Howard's kid." And 
<laughs> I mean, my response is simple. If you're a recruit, you're taking as many visits as you can. Be, you know, they roll out the red carpet for you. They treat, they give you all these things. They treat you nice. They make you feel good. You get to go to, you know, travel to places. So it's a no-brainer that these kids are taking recruits or taking trips and visits. So I don't hold any stock in that. I think I think he's a he's Michigan bound, but like you said, hey, we're in it. I guess that's that's something. Well, I think it's weird too that he's the son of the head coach. He he obviously has spent a lot of time there. I mean, Juwan Howard's a legend. How official of a visit does he need to go on? I'm sure he's been in the locker room. I'm sure he's <laughs> like he does like he calls plays with his dad. Like how official of a visit does he need? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many and I have no stats to back this out, but I wonder how many players and or a coach's sons don't go and play for the coach um that's a great question i know coach cal yeah. had his son um who never played so he went to detroit mercy i think yeah um did a solid job there obviously you have doug mcdermott right um patrick uh buddy Bayheim. buddy Bayheim. yeah I just don't know how many have that haven't right you don't really hear about too often so well, i'm just I curious mean, i mean and it's another thing like you know Obviously, and, and this is an even rec ball, you know, you get the coach's son, gets all the treatment and whatnot. Now, I don't know if Jawan Howard does that. He probably doesn't. But, I mean, there's a lot of great talent that's been coming into Michigan. I mean, Michigan's going to be really, really good. And, and Jawan Howard has killed the transfer market, the recruiting trail. He, he's done his thing. So, I wouldn't put it completely past a, a five-star to, to, you know, be like, why is this kid playing, you know? So, I don't know. Just something to keep your eye on, State fans. All right. All right, Matt. Any other basketball uh, thoughts, maybe outside of recruiting? Outside of recruiting? Um, not really. Uh, not a whole lot going on. No, not really. And I'm trying to keep everybody's uh, interest level high. I know that uh, the season is not looking too hot. Uh, John Rothstein did come out with his ACC preseason predictions. He has NC State uh, finishing ninth, which is about where I have them. He did also mention we're his sleeper team, so I don't know how that works out. <laughs> That's um, a weird combo. Right, yeah. And he also put Jericho Helms as our sixth man and Greg Gantt starting, which I don't agree with at all. But, you know, he, he uh, for the most part, knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, I, I can trust him for a little bit. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about those uh, that podcast with Kevin Keats. Oh, yeah. I completely spaced on that one. Uh, give us a rundown. So Kevin Keats hopped on Jamie Shaw's podcast. Uh, he's one of the main guys, main writers mm-hmm. uh, for Rivals. And uh, head coach Kevin Keats had some really interesting comments, some stuff that really uh, piqued my interest and kind of upset me a little bit. Uh, he was asked uh, how coaching has changed over the years, and, and Keats responded, uh, quote, as a coach, you have to adapt with the times and situations. You have to stay cool and stay up with the different trends and what's going on. Uh, I know that he gets this rep about being a cool coach and stuff, which which is fine. You know, I'm sure players like that kind of stuff. Um, but at some point, you got to turn that coolness into wins, and um, maybe the coolness will follow after um, all these old guys. You actually had a funny comment in the in the group chat. You said all these like 67 year old guys are out here winning. They don't care about how cool they are. They're they're, <laughs> they're cool because they're winning. So, right. Yeah. I mean, Roy Williams is not the guy you consider cool. Right. No. Jim Laranega's not a cool guy. Buddy Beheim, not uh, not Buddy Beheim. Jim Beheim, not exactly uh, the pinnacle of cool. Right. Right. Um, 
And then he was also asked about Manny Bates. I know that was a big topic in the offseason. Uh, is he going to leave? Is he not? Um, so he was asked about Manny Bates, and Keats said, quote, this is where social media can be a positive and a negative. To set the record straight, he was never in the portal. Manny and I never had a discussion about actually putting his name in the portal. He's always been a loyal kid, and he just kind of goes on and, and talks about Manny. Um, I feel like that's just lying through his teeth. Uh <laughs> You, you can you can take this one, but I, I think he was lying through his teeth there. Yeah, it's so – you see this with everything, whether it's politics or sports or whatever, semantics gets into play here. So maybe Manny had never officially put his name into the portal, but he was exploring his options. Like, we know that. You don't have to be in the portal to explore your options or go to the combine and think maybe you can go pro, right? You don't have to officially do some of these things. So that when Keats says, Hey, he was never in the portal. He might not be lying, but he's also playing, you know, verbal gymnastics with how that, you know, how people interpret it, interpret that. Yeah. I mean, cause we have like really good sources confirming that uh, he was interested in Georgetown. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. We know that so. was true. Yeah, so, I mean, and then he talks about the transfers, which I have been uh, very harsh on. Uh, he said, quote, I think we hit the jackpot. I love our transfers. Um, he spoke highly of Casey Morcel, which Rothstein, John Rothstein also said Casey Morcel is uh, the secret weapon out of Raleigh, which I completely agree with. I, I like Morcel. I just don't think that it's necessarily what we needed, uh, but he will be a really good player. Uh, he said that he will fit that uh, Devin Daniels role. He also talked about Terquavion and um, – State fans, just get ready because uh, Terquavion is getting the green light whenever he gets the ball, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't think Keats cares. Uh, Keats said, quote, I could talk about Terquavion for hours. He's just a bucket getter. Uh, he's going to play a lot as a freshman and going to have the opportunity to compete for the starting job. Uh, so, yeah, he's going he's gonna to let Terquavion shoot a lot. He's a guy that can average 20 points for sure, but he's going to take about 20-plus shots to do so. Um, it all makes sense because we're not a very efficient team. So let's go let the most inefficient guy go out there and score a lot of points. Um, <laughs> I just don't agree with that at all. So uh, for those that don't know, Matt is a Breon pass stand and thinks that he should be valued higher than Turquay Von Smith. And I don't know if he's wrong or not. I love like passes jump shot. I think it's like fundamentally perfect. Yeah. As opposed to Turquavion, who shoots a lot, uh, yeah, he he can score. I'll give him that. Definitely. I'll be curious to see how much Kevin Keats sticks to that, with in regards to him playing and him having the green light, because history has said that that's not how he treats his freshmen. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't mean to be so rude and, and crucial about Turquavion. I, I think he's fun. I think he's exciting for sure. He can, he does a lot of, you know flashy things uh, but more often than not you're definitely going to see it his freshman year maybe he'll get out of this funk but his freshman year you're going to see a whole lot of dribbling in place a lot of shimmy and shaking and throwing up a brick um, did it in high school did it in AAU he's, he's going to do it at least his first year in college uh, he did mention Breon Pass he said he's one of the biggest glue guys you'll ever know which I completely agree with and I think that's something this team desperately needs uh, there was a lot of times where it was a lot of AAU type ball just running up and down and I think Breon Pass is going to solve that if he gets the minutes um, and then he also mentioned his recruitment he also said that quote we did a great job identifying the pieces we need and my staff did a great job going out and recruiting these guys um, 
hard pass on that one. I don't think we got anything we needed. We're still going to be a really bad rebounding team. Uh, we're still going to be a small team. He did mention that everybody outside of uh, Breon Pass is uh, 6'3 and above, which is great, but, you know, still can't rebound, still can't shoot. Um, I, I just – I didn't really like this interview from Keats is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, my my opinion on Kevin Keats these days has maybe not been – I don't hold him in the highest regard at this point. Um, so I'm not ter- you know, terribly surprised. I did hear the same thing about Casey Morsell. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit previously. He has shown out really well. And what people saw from him at UVA is not indicative of, of how good he is. So that'll be interesting to see how he kind of transitions and I guess into that Devin Daniels role, right. you know, the on-ball guy. I am – Curious what the impact is going to be, though. I think somebody also said in the chat, and I was trying to go back and find it, but we've we're up to a hundred thousand, some hundred fifty thousand messages, so it's impossible. <laughs> um, but somebody said if he comes in, averages fifteen and six, like how big of an impact that is? Is that? It's a good question. I don't know. It's going to be how how does he get others involved? I think that was everybody's knock on Devin Daniels for a while is he didn't you know, make everybody else better. Does Casey Morsell do that? I think that'll be his, uh, how he impacts this roster. Well, it's going to be interesting because you would think on paper, Helms would be your go-to guy, but if Helms is your go-to guy, don't know how I feel about that. I like Helms, uh, but I don't know if I like him as my number one option, maybe more so number two or, or number three, which means that Casey Morsell is going to be that one A or, or one B, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, again, that's fine. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. I don't know if it'll generate wins. It's it's going to be more so about how Cam Hayes and Darion Sebron steps up. I right. I don't know about our bench either. You know, it's it's iffy at best. I don't think we're very deep. Um, we don't have a whole lot of bucket getters. You can keep trying to sell me on Terquavion being a bucket getter, but I'm just... he's freshman guard, right? We've talked about freshman guards. <laughs> In their impact in the ACC ad nauseum. There was a reason we brought on Tyler Lewis yeah. early last year to talk about exactly that when you saw Cam Hayes struggling. Because it doesn't matter how good they are, they're freshmen in the ACC and you're going to struggle. Yeah, at 100%. Least for a while. Yeah. You know, it might turn on later in the year, but for anybody to have any expectations of these guys being high impact, unless you are, you know, elite top 20, top 30 guy. I just I just don't see it. Yeah, and, and history history says it's it's not going to happen. So. La- last thing I want to say about the uh, the podcast that he had um, later in the podcast, you know, he was basically asked. Uh, Jamie Shaw asked him, you know, what do you think of the program? You know, how how's the program looking? All that stuff, and it just kind of seemed like Keats was kind of tooting his own horn. He mentioned winning twenty plus games three of the last four years. He said because of the pandemic, we could have had. Um, our fourth 20-plus winning season. He mentioned being one of the top three scoring offenses in the ACC every single season. Um, it's just like I don't I don't know what you're trying to get at here. We we sucked last year. Yeah. We had a nice little run there at the end, but at in the end of the day, like we were still an NIT team, not even a, a number one seed. So um, it just seems like he's he's tooting his own horn, which. I, I guess that's the coolness in him. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just very off on this team. 
I hate to be such a Debbie Downer. Um, I love NC State, but there's just so, so many holes. So many holes. You got to prove it to me, right? If you're going to be, you're going to keep telling us how great you are, how, you know, how good the program is and how good of a shape it is. You know, at some point, you got to put up or shut up. And it, it's, <laughs> this is going to be a tangent, but <laughs> this is how we, we've been saying about yeah. everything across the stupid athletics department where they struggle to do some of the most basic things. And we, you know, point them out and, and we're you know, called we the want, bad guys. Right. Yeah. You, you call the bad guys. Y'all are so negative. Well, no, do your job properly, right? Do right. your job the way you're supposed to. And we won't have this, this situation. We won't yeah. be talking about it. Like I don't, Instead, I don't hate Keats, you know, yeah, I, don't, I don't hate right. him. I think he can be the guy, but he has so much work to do. And if you don't see that, I just, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's fine to be positive, but you don't, it doesn't serve anybody any good if you and I are complete homers and just telling you how great everything is. Right. Right. And I don't know. I want to see it, man. I'm in a prove it to me kind of uh, aspect. And I think a lot of people are with, with NC state basketball. So, mm. well, we'll leave it at that very uplifting note, but <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to, there's been some things going on in basketball with recruiting and stuff. And we've had some questions about, you know, Hey, why aren't there any, why why don't we have a recruiting class for 2022 yet? So I wanted to talk to Matt and get your input on this and you know see what's going on. It's just not something I keep up with. So as always, Matt, I appreciate your input. Hey. Uh, tell the people where they can find you, where they can get the, the Red Solo pod. Well, uh, thank you for having me. This has been the most uplifting, positive, riveting <laughs> <laughs> NC State basketball podcast. No, man, uh, if you guys want to check me out on Twitter, it's at underscore Matt Co. That's M-A-T-T-C-O-E. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at Red Solo Sports. I talk all kinds of sports. I'm going to do a little bit more focusing on NC State and uh, and basketball just because, you know, the busy schedule and whatnot. But, yeah, just, I just I want to see NC State be great, and hopefully they can get to that point. Uh, but fingers crossed for football. I'm really excited for football. This is going to be a big, big year. Don't undersell yourself, Matt. You're also doing work for the Carolina Cobras, right? Yep. yep. What would you do there? Uh, so I featured on a, a play-by-play on a couple of games for the Carolina Cobras, which is a local arena football team. I had a lot of fun doing that, and I'm trying to brighten my horizon. Horizon, I can't even speak right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just just talking different sports. Uh, UNC Greensboro, they have asked me to do their soccer and volleyball a uh, couple of games there which I've never done before, but, aha, uh-huh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a learning process, and, you know, if you, if you know me, I love NC State basketball with all my heart, and uh, to, to get there, you know, these are the steps I got to take, and I'm happy to do it. That's awesome, man. I, and I, I said it earlier, it's like I'm going to be listening to a lot more UNCG sports than I <laughs> that I plan to but I want to support you and you know appreciate you coming on and I wanted to make sure that people know what you're doing and what you're trying to do all so. right thanks man all right buddy as always y'all thanks for listening thanks for short the sight and we'll be back later this week with some football talk will and I are going to be working on some positional previews and at some point we'll do another round table because I think that went pretty well so all right go pack I was raised by the wall.